Yes, this is Free Talk Live. Talk radio that you can control. Our toll-free number here, of course, is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, that's 855-450-3733. And in the studio with you tonight on this Monday night edition, uh, it's myself, Captain Kickass. Nobody. Hey, I'm Ian. And uh, we are here seven nights a week. Uh, No matter uh, what day of the year it is, we're always broadcasting between uh, 7 and 10 p.m. That is Eastern time, so adjust your alarms accordingly to make sure you catch our broadcast. Uh, So tonight I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about a story that I found. Uh, I know a lot of times uh, we talk about uh, different uh, methods that folks can uh, employ to be more free. And uh, one of the methods that has uh, caught my attention over the years was the idea of seasteading. Mm, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, what is that? Seasteading is when uh, you you know either manufacture some sort of a uh, a platform or tie a bunch of boats together. Uh, you otherwise create... Uh, you know, a man-made island, if you will, outside of uh, the claimed state waters. Mm-hmm. So in international waters. In international waters so that uh, you can uh, be free of uh, whatever country's laws you know might apply to wherever you're at. In theory. In theory. It didn't work out so well when they tried it last year, was it, or a year or two ago, where they, uh, they built one of the platforms that so they've been talking about this for years uh, libertarian groups usually are, are behind this, and they built uh, their first platform outside of, I believe it was Thailand? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then the Thai government came and raided them mm-hmm. yep. and tried to arrest them, but they were already gone at that point. They caught wind that it was going to happen, I guess, somehow. And they were I, – actually, no, I don't think they caught wind. I think they just happened to be on the mainland, yeah. and so they saw in the news – that their platform was being raided, oh, and they managed to escape from Thailand uh, before the the government gang caught up with them because wow. they wanted. Uh, I think I heard they were going to be facing the death penalty if they were caught. Wow! Uh, and and, I- and uh, the reason allegedly that they were going after them was because the Thai government, I think, considered it like a threat to their sovereignty. Was mm. the claim? Well, I know that uh, I've heard of, uh, and I can't remember the specific instance, but some folks tried to do some kind of seasteading and uh, they were, you know, uh, sort of overrun by pirates. Right? Or, you're thinking you're thinking of like from a long time ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this really type- non-governmental pirates? <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, th- I thought governments had put an end yeah. to, to all of them. My yeah, friend Sean Hastings from, uh, from high school uh actually bought a uh an aircraft platform at one point off the coast of England that was called Sealand. Yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with Sealand. I, I applied for a uh what do you call it, a passport? Well, I uh, I knew the guy who, who owned that. Nice. Um he was actually in New Hampshire last year at one point, but hmm. I didn't manage to catch up with him. I was disappointed. I wanted to get him on the show. So uh, the story I stumbled upon wasn't necessarily from, you know, like an anarcho-capitalist or a libertarian perspective. But nonetheless, Abalonia, the island nation that never was, uh, it was meant to be a seafood paradise. And so uh, in 1960... Did you say a seafood paradise? Seafood paradise, yes. Uh, and and you, you'll understand here in a minute. 
Uh, and this goes back to 1966. So, I mean, uh, mm. I have this uh, phrase that I use a lot. It's, we learn from the past that people seldom learn from the past. So uh, occasionally I like to take a peek into history and see you know, what folks have done in the past. Maybe we can learn something from it. Uh, but in 1966, California newspapers began reporting a startling story. A B-movie actor and several California businessmen were making plans to build their own island. Uh, the chosen locale was 100 miles off the California coast on a massive submerged island known as Cortez Bank. Ostensibly, the goal would be to mine a rich vein of seafood, especially abalone. Uh, only an accident kept them from building their island nation. It was going to be called Lemuria, the name of a lost continent, but the media coined another more compelling name, Abalonia, for the rich abalone Hmm. Uh, vein that was there. Abalone. Huh. Abalone, right. Yeah. I don't even know what abalone is. What the hell is that? Tuna, uh, I thought. Uh, kind of tuna? Well, let's see if uh, if only there were a device, right? I can look it up. All right, you go ahead and do that. Uh, so they decided they were going to build an shellfish. island. Shellfish. <clears throat> You're just being shellfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see the anchor in your eyes. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Kipadada, wet dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was in a rented stingray and it was overheating. I, the mechanic said I blew a seal. I said, I said, just fix the thing and leave my personal life out of it. <laughs> okay, pal. Uh, so Cortez Bank had long been considered a valuable yet perilous spot. Ships need to dodge Bishop Rock, which lurks a few feet below the surface, marked by a warning buoy. The site fosters a rich environment of sea life, making it a diving destination today. It's also a legendary surfing site. Because Cortez Bank produces some of the tallest surfable waves in the world. Uh, For Joe Kirkwood Jr., Richard Taggart, and Bruce McMahon, the attraction was the sea life. They hoped to build an island outpost where they could harvest and ship seafood plentifully and cheaply. However, they didn't know about the waves. So they wanted to uh, take an existing, what was the term for what was underwater? Some sort of... Like built up mound or whatever. It's basically a submerged island that. So there was already some land that wasn't really land because it was underwater, but was relatively close to the surface, and they wanted to like add some dirt or sand or something to it. Was Correct. The idea? Some rocks. Correct. Yes. Uh, and they'll and we'll talk about uh, kind of the things that they had in mind. Uh, the group was uh, an eclectic bunch. Kirkwood was most famous for appearing in film versions of the comic strip Joe Palooka. Uh, He was also a talented pro golfer, apparently, and owned a bowling alley. Taggart and McMahon were California abalone canners, so they had some Mm -hmm. experience with with the seafood, so that makes sense. Uh, Also involved, among others, were Savings and Loan Group President Robert Lynell and aquatic expert James Houts. Their plan was to drag a decommissioned World War II freighter, the SS Jalisco, to Cortez Bank, and scuttle it in a shallow area. Ah. Afterward, they would haul rocks, even garbage, out to the bank to create a terra firma from which the sweet, fleshy abalone could be harvested. Uh, and also, I believe, serve as, you know, like sort of a, a weather guard mm-hmm. against, you know, some of the waves and all that kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, so they would uh, rule their new nation of Abalonia as a result of doing this. This was their grand plan, and they were going to build this non-existent nation uh, in international waters. Uh, so in October of 66, Taggart gave the verbal equivalent of a shrug to the Los Angeles Times. I know it sounds fantastic, he said, 
but we've consulted experts in international law, and they say there's nothing to prevent us from starting our own country if we want to. Except for other governments who come along with gunboats. Yeah, governments don't care about the law when it's their monopoly at stake. Right. In theory... There's nothing to prevent you right. from doing it. <laughs> there, well, in theory, there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice, there generally is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, much of the history of Abalonia has been compiled by a journalist who also coined the term Abalonians. In 2011, Christopher Dixon published Ghost Wave, a history of Cortez Bank and the explorers, treasurers, hunters, and surfers obsessed with it. One chapter was devoted to the Abalonia tale. The idea someone was trying to resurrect a sunken island is such an American idea to me, he says. By the time Dixon was writing his book, many of the Abalonians had died or gone to the ground. Trying to find Kirkwood or someone associated with him was a bust until mm. one day someone anonymous, anonymously sent him a package. Inside was a scribbled over manuscript and fistfuls of photos of the Jalisco. Uh, the manuscript, said Dixon, was Kirkwood's account of the dramatic sinking of the freighter and his own near death. Which, so they did get this freighter out there, and they did actually sink it on the, whatever it was, sunken island. They they did a whole bunch of stuff, and of huh. course, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the details of what happened and how what went wrong. to these guys, because they certainly had an adventure, to say the least. All right. So, uh, 855-450-FREE. You're free to call in and talk about whatever you like. This is Free Talk Live, and you can find us at freetalklive.com, and get us on Discord at lrn.fm. Come on, it's Free Talk Live, the talk radio show that you can call in and take control of. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733 for those of you still using an actual rotary phone. Uh, We were talking a little bit tonight about some uh, entrepreneurial men. Uh, who in uh, the mid-60s, 1966 or so, uh, found themselves a, a submerged uh, piece of land that ships often uh, needed to avoid for safety reasons, marked with a some sort of a buoy so they didn't run into it. And uh, they wanted to turn this uh, submerged piece of land into something more. And uh, talking about that uh, tonight, it's myself, the captain. Nobody. And Ian. So uh, this uh, author, Dixon, uh, was writing a book, uh, and Kirkwood was trying to find uh, somebody associated uh, with them. And then one day, somebody anonymously sent him a a package, and inside was a scribbled manuscript and fistfuls of photos. Uh, The manuscript was Kirkwood's account of the dramatic sinking of the Freightliner and his own near death, which had apparently been written up for Sports Illustrated, but was never published for reasons unknown. Uh, even better, he soon got a call from James Houts, who was on the Jalisco that fateful November day. And the Jalisco was what? The Jalisco was the uh, the ship that they were trying to, you know, tow out to the. I'm going to call it a reef, right? The submerged. Uh, you know, land, mm-hmm. uh, and they were trying to tow it out there, and so he was on it once they towed it, and we'll we'll talk more about that as the article continues. Okay. Uh, 
so uh, he meets uh, James Houts, who was on the Jalisco, and uh, James says, you're really taxing my brain, kiddo. Uh, when I he was reached at his home in Dana Point, California. Now and this is fifty years later, right? Yeah. yeah. So this, this happened in the '60s, and the dude writing the book was 2011 or 2010. 20, like yeah, that, 2011 right? or so. Yeah. And so the guy he's talking to uh, is now 79 years old and retired. Uh, he took a break from wrangling grandchildren to tell me how he joined the Abalonia adventure. A diving and underwater demolition expert, Houts had served in the Navy, a self-professed thrill seeker. He gained fame diving Death Valley National Monument's Devil's Hole, a geothermal pool that's home to the world's rarest fish. So a guy's got a bunch of experience, obviously. Uh, his experience turned somber when, in 1965, two young divers disappeared into its watery depths. Houts was flown in to find them, but only found a mask. The publicity around the tragedy led Houts to receiving a call from Kirkwood. It was nuts, Houts says, of Kirkwood's plan. But he was young and daring, only in his late 20s. Soon he was in, intrigued by the challenge. In my opinion, the impossible takes just a little bit longer, a little bit more thinking. And, of course, he wanted to have a cut of the pie, so to speak, serving as both an aquatic expert and a financial backer. He even took out a second mortgage on his house to help finance the venture. So these guys were definitely serious, personally invested. Uh, Hout says he was the one who came up with the idea of scuttling a freighter to build the base of Abalonia. The team found the Jalisco in a mothball fleet up in Berkeley. After stripping the ship of everything that could be sold for Savage, it was outfitted as a seafood processing enterprise. Uh, <laughs> by planting the ship near Bishop Rock, the shallowest part of the bank, fishermen could start harvesting seafood right away. So they found a ship, they stripped it of all its normal stuff, they outfitted it to be a seafood processor. They're going to tow it out to this, you know, sort of submerged island, yep. and uh, you know, otherwise attach it to it so it could serve as sort of, a, you know, a, and partially. But this sink one, the they thing. must be anchoring, not scuttling. Uh, correct. Right. Okay. They, uh, I, well, because you can't scuttle it and then process food. Uh, seafood not easily. Inside. You can yeah. scuttle it out to the thing and then anchor it and then begin the seafood. Scuttling, process. scuttling the boat means is to sink sinking it. it. Interesting. Yeah. Which well, would have made sense if they were going to like try to make a reef out of it or something like that. If they were to part, at least partially, I mean, right. maybe it wouldn't sink all the way, but maybe it would sink far enough down to where it would touch. So then, uh, the, I mean, I think you guys island. are right with the scuttling part. I think that is what they planned to do. They were going to mm -hmm. tow the ship out there and then somehow scuttle it to the reef to make it a permanent fixture above the mm -hmm. waterline. Um, so the spot would also be a hive for commercial fishermen. Kirkwood believed, and they could. Uh, Kirkwood believed, period, and they could build a runway for planes as well. So they wanted to, uh, you know, have you know, build it up enough so that they could not only have ships sort of you know dock up to it, but also put in some sort of a, a helipad slash landing strip for airplanes, uh, all outside of you know the purview of U.S. government. Uh, ships would be able to stop and refuel there, and they could even be gambling. They, you know, sort of surmised in their in their minds. Of course, once you start thinking about, you know, building something that exists outside of the realm of any government purview, yep. you start thinking about all the fun stuff. Gambling, right? prostitution. You know, you bet. That's right. Uh, Kirkwood denied the allegations he wanted to build a casino, though Houts decades later confided that he was considering it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, even uh, building the island would be subsidized since Kirkwood claimed he was teaming up with City of uh, Los Angeles to build Abalonia what? out of the city's trash. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So reduce, reuse, okay. recycle, right? Uh, it seemed like an impossible dream, but Kirkwood had a way of making it seem possible. Uh, Houts remembers Kirkwood as boisterous and extremely charismatic. He had uh, movie star looks and a hair and hair most guys would die for, apparently, except me. I, I like my no hair. Uh, Houts says, uh, but Houts also uh, said that Kirkwood had an irresponsible streak, something that may have sunk the Abalonia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of these guys who are into, you know, uh, you know, all the extreme stuff, right? Sometimes they also have a bit of an irresponsible streak. Maybe he had a gambling problem. I don't know where this is going. Perhaps. Uh, in Ghost Wave, Dixon conjectures that Kirkwood kickstarted the Abalonia venture in a rush, fearing that the federal government would bring it to a halt. A legitimate concern. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, oh, that's totally rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, Houts noted that there was a storm on the coast of Japan, but thought it wouldn't have too much of an effect. On November 13th, the Abalonians and their crews left out of the Balboa Bay uh, late in the evening. The SS Jalisco was on its way from where it was docked far up in uh, far up north in Richmond, California. Barges full of rocks uh, provided by McMahon were scheduled to follow soon after. So I think the idea was that they were going to drag this boat out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, partially attach it or whatever, partially sink it to the thing, and then use these barges full of boulders to, like, create some sort of a, a weather barrier around okay. it. Uh, and so the barges uh, full of rocks were going to follow uh, soon This after. sounds really expensive. I mean, I wonder how much money, even in 1966, I wonder what this costs. Yeah, I don't know if they name numbers. Get an old, they said the it was time. a freighter? Is that what the, the yeah. term was for this Jalisco thing? Yeah. I mean, that can't be cheap. And then, you know. It was mothballed, so I imagine that, you know, but still, it can't be cheap. They right? had a you lot know. of surplus ships after World War II that weren't mm-hmm. really surplus everything after World War II that really wasn't good for anything right. except for use during the war. Hmm. Right, right. Uh, and what does it cost to get a ship full of rocks to move somewhere? I mean, that can't be cheap either. Well, this says that is. plural, barges full of yeah. rocks. They don't give a number, but I mean, right. barges are pretty large. you got to pay somebody to put those rocks on that barge and then pay them to move it out there. I mean, that's yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be expensive. Quite the adventure. Uh, 855-450 free. Uh, you can call in and talk about whatever you like. Uh, that's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Jerry was a race car driver. He drove so damn fast. So I've been listening to Primus earlier today. Oh, ah, okay. It's uh, the other day was the 35th anniversary of their first uh, studio album, Frizzle Fry, and that's what I said too. I'm like, really? It's been still around? 35 years. Yeah, I saw still them, together. Uh, okay. I saw them uh, two years before I relocated. Uh, saw them live uh, out in uh, the state of Washington. How about that? Good show. Uh, at any rate, this is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Uh, that's 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, and I'm joined by... 
the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Ian. And uh, we've been uh, telling you a story, a little tale, if you will, about some entrepreneurial gentleman who wished to drag a ship out to a submerged uh, area of land. They, they call it an island, even though it's submerged. And uh, they had dreams of setting up some sort of a, a business there, a seafood processing uh, uh, venture. Uh, and they had dreams of perhaps opening a casino, uh, putting in some sort of an airstrip, all outside of the purview of the United States government in 1966. And uh, so Houts had already been to the bank. Uh, he was scouting for the ideal way to lay the ship down. Uh, he had set down a runway of buoys uh, with two anchors and long chains. He planned to put the Jalisco into a precise spot before scuttling it. So apparently they did plan to scuttle it mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, while he had seen some of Cortez's bank's large swells, uh, putting down the planned Volkswagen-sized rocks would likely have protected the Jalisco, he says. Ironically, when the Jalisco arrived near Bishop Rock, they floated on a calm sea, the kind you dream about. It was just so flat and smooth, Houts remembers. But soon, slight swells started rocking the freighter. The effects of the far-off storm from a... Uh, in the form of a massive North Pacific swell was arriving. So, uh, you know, they're towing the boat out and you don't get this very often on the high seas or, you know, in, but you can get like glass, right? The, the sea will be just so calm that it looks like you could walk on it. Um, and it sounds like that's what, uh, what they experienced there. Uh, and then, you know, the storm starts rolling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, both man-made and natural disasters struck. In Kirkwood's account, the Jalisco hit Bishop Rock late Monday night and started to take on water an accident that he couldn't be held accountable for. In House's account, which Dixon confirmed with another living crewman, the action's happening the next morning. Uh, Houts says he left much of the preparation of the Jalisco to Kirkwood. When Houts, Kirkwood, and three others clambered aboard, one of the anchors and much of the vital anchor chain necessary for situating the freighter was missing. Sold for extra money as salvage. <laughs> so when they were busy stripping the ship of stuff and trying to, you know, they took the anchor all, chain. They took the anchor chain, apparently, or at least a big chunk of it. Oops. Wow. Plus, the diesel engine that powered the chain spool compressor was broken. Uh, putting the freighter in the right place would be nearly impossible now. Meanwhile, the swells were getting larger, lifting the Jalisco up to 20 feet and dropping it. So the ship is just. Bang, bang, up and down, 20 mm, feet. Damn. Uh, one swell crushed the freighter against Bishop Rock. Uh, it just thundered. It crunched. It just hit. Hout says the Jalisco plunging down. The hull had been punctured by Bishop Rock. Well, they wanted to scuttle it, so Scuttling you got that. success, yes, if you <laughs> want to call it success. Probably not the method in which they wanted to. No, it doesn't sound that way. <laughs> The 7,000-ton freighter twisted and turned, a massive wave loom that swept over the freighter, snapping the anchor chain. Kirkwood grabbed a hold of a jack staff, but the others Wait, were... St- the anchor chain wasn't there? Uh, there, there was, was one that wasn't there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he grabbed a hold... <laughs> right, yeah. He grabbed a hold... Uh, and uh, uh, Kirkwood grabbed a hold of the jack staff, but the others were slammed against the side so hard that Houts broke a rib. Uh, the Whitney Olson, the tugboat that had dra- dramatic. dragged out the Jalisco, uh, valiantly came close to the side to rescue the trapped men. One man made it over. Another jumped into the water. Houts, Kirkwood, and another man, Will Leslie, were left on the Jalisco, but not for long. 
Kirkwood refused to let go of the jack staff, insisting the water couldn't wash him away. Right? <laughs> he's so invested. He's like, no, I won't go, right? Yeah. Uh, Joe, you're out of your mind, House remembers saying. <laughs> Another massive wave was coming, a wall of green water. I thought, holy mackerel, heavy barrels of diesel were tossed off the deck, looking as light, how it says, as after-dinner mints. So imagine, you know, big big barrels of diesel just sort of being like, boink, boink, boink. Holy abalone. <laughs> holy abalone. Uh, sheltered behind the ship's superstructure, Houts was drenched but fine, but Will, Leslie, and Kirkwood were taken overboard. A stunned Houts wearing a life jacket leapt into the water and made it over to the Whitney Olsen, and almost drowned Kirkwood was swept beneath the entire length of the Whitney Olsen, only to miraculously emerge relatively unharmed. Everyone on the Jalisco escaped with their lives. Wow. The freighter wasn't so lucky. Smashed by the waves, Dixon writes in Ghost Wave, the entire superstructure tore completely free of the deck in a colossal mingling of water and steel. Months passed before it sunk fully beneath the water. Houts and others were whisked away to be interrogated by FBI agents who arrived by helicopter. Why? I, I have no idea. But in, you know, so, I mean, think about that. 1966, these guys are making this plan to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, scuttle this ship on this, you know, piece of submerged rock. And somehow the FBI knew that they were there and sent helicopters out to quiz them when, it all, when it all went awry. Uh, the air was let out of the balloon, how it says at that point. Uh, Houts emerged physically and financially battered. No seafood empire rose from the waves, obviously. His investment was shot and his rib was broken. The Abalonians parted and Houts never spoke to Kirkwood again. Oh, wow. Kirkwood managed to dodge legal repercussions for the Abalonia affair, though there was a Coast Guard investigation. So apparently, you know, the government got involved. Even though it was 100 miles off the coast in international waters. International waters. Isn't international waters 12 and a half miles or something like that? It's not that far out. Uh, supposed to be, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's but 20, they, under 20. They've now kind of extended. I mean, basically, the, the U.S. government will kill you for nothing even if you're within some other foreign uh, sovereign sure. country. So being uh you can't hide anywhere yeah being in just a place where you're supposed to be free isn't certainly isn't going to protect you yeah and it's interesting to me that you know it says kirkwood managed to dodge legal repercussions like i wonder what kind of legal repercussions i I wish there was you know more detail was this contract dispute of some sort right where you know did they uh, you know was it investors who sued to get their money back that kind of thing Uh, 12 nautical miles Oh, which well. is different from miles. Apparently, 12 nautical miles is approximately 13.8 miles. Totally nautical, yeah. dude. Uh, so the concept of Abalonia may have been mad, but Kirkwood did well for himself buying a Hawaiian golf course and selling it in 1987 for $50 million. Uh, McMahon became a wealthy hedge fund manager whose lifestyle was a subject of tabloids, and maybe Abalonia wasn't so bad of an idea after all. Another corporation started making noise. Could have worked. Yeah, it could have. I mean, I think it's a good idea, right? You know, Mm -hmm. especially if you got the business aspect of Mm -hmm. it in line, right? Because it's one thing to just sort of get together with some people and try and see stead and, you know, grow your own food and, you know, make solar power and that kind of stuff. But if you could turn that into an enterprise, right? Sure. I mean, I imagine the seasteaders would like to do that eventually. And it sounds like that's what, you know, these guys had in mind. And maybe this was part of the inspiration for, for the seasteaders. I don't know. Maybe. Interestingly enough, 
another corporation started making noise about building an island at the spot, the same spot, soon after the Jalisco went down. The federal government squashed it by claiming mm. Cortez Bank as U.S. territory. Really? Yeah. So this this bank, Cortez Bank, which was previously underwater, underwater and I... I presume it still is uh, why don't they just go ahead and claim every underwater island as u.s territory while they're at it yeah i you know so at what are the limits here of what yeah. a government can claim right. right you know can you claim you know everything well under the they're water? limited by their possession of guns because sure. governments exist because they kill you if you disagree with them um so Indeed. you know if they can kill you they can pretty much do whatever they want and that's why you have to have enough guns to fight back well as for how he soon recovered and even went back out to cortez bank hold uh, that thought because Yes, this is Free Talk Live, the live call-in show that you can take control of. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We've been talking tonight about some men with an idea of building their own island paradise outside the purview of the U.S. government. And with you tonight, it's myself, the captain. Nobody. And Ian. And so uh, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit, we'll just finish off the article uh, speaking about the gentleman Houts, who soon recovered and went back out to Cortez Bank. You're referring to uh, a, a plot where some people in the 1960s wanted to build their own island on an already sunken island. Uh, they brought a an old freighter out there and attempted to sink it, but failed due to weather and a couple other factors. Yeah, and the idea was they wanted it to sort of be you know above the water level, mm-hmm. so apparently it was large enough to do that, uh, and then outfit it as sort of a uh, a seafood processing plant. And then they had ideas to expand, uh, you know, maybe even put in a landing strip for aircraft. Uh, they had you know. Dreams of possibly putting a casino in there. I mean, all the stuff that I would think of. But they never got there because they uh, failed with the, the first step. They failed with the first step, and uh, they didn't have uh, it coordinated enough with the second step, bringing in the, the large boulders. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the storm happened, and a combination of human error with the, the tow chain or the uh, anchor chain uh, that we talked about. So, um, so one of the guys, you know, even went back. Uh, and occasionally it's clear enough to see San Clemente Island in the distance, he says. Uh, but other than the buoy, it's a vista of empty sea. It's a beautiful place, but it's eerie, how it says. And so now Cortez Bank, that's this place, uh, has been claimed by the U.S. government, right? Prior mm-hmm. to these guys uh, trying this, uh, it was in international waters and unclaimed. Uh, and so now Cortez Bank is notorious, the rusted wreck of the Jalisco beneath the water, making it even more dangerous than it was before for hmm. surfers, uh, although it is a lush diving site, apparently. Would surfers be out 100 miles into the water? Is that a thing that surfers do, is like go uh, that uh, far out? Earlier in the in the article, they were talking about uh, it being a destination for surfers because it has... You get such huge uh, waves. The waves. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've always heard about people surfing on... 
on the uh, the beach, but yeah, I mean, I suppose oh, you, can, you could yeah, you surf, surf in the, the middle seas. of the ocean yeah. if you can get there. Interesting. So, uh, and it's a, a diving, you know, hot spot too, apparently, because of well, right, all the abalone and, mm-hmm. and whatnot that that goes on there, and so that attracts other uh, underwater life. Uh, Hout says he wasn't aware of how massive the waves could get at Cortez Bank. He's also not sure what would have happened if the Jalisco had been outfitted correctly. The Jalisco was pretty fragile when it comes right down to it, he admits. Uh, but he thinks that if it maybe had been a calmer day, uh, it might have survived long enough to be protected by the incoming rocks that they were hauling in via yeah. the barges. So Abalonia could maybe risen after all. So he'd like to think anyway. So. Well, it's been 50 years uh, since then, so probably not going to happen at this point. Yeah, I and, you know, relating this to the concept of seasteading, like to me, uh, seasteading was a new concept, right? And It is. Like I had never heard of it up until I sort of, you know, brought myself out of the fog of statism. Well, I mean, it's not new in that obviously people have had the idea of going out into the international waters and creating something before. But what I think was new about seasteading is that the platforms that they were talking about building were interchangeable. They're movable. So this idea that they're talking about, you think that's scuttle the ship, it's there. Right. And it's not going to move. With seasteading, the idea is that you have this platform that you've paid for, that you own, that you can then hook up to other people's platforms. Sort of Lego style, right? Maybe. And then if, let's say, there's, as in, is inevitable with people, somebody doesn't get along with somebody else, <laughs> well, then you can just disconnect your platform and say, see ya, and float away to some other seastead or make your own. Right, right? right. That was sort of the idea. I uh, think the seasteading, seasteading uh, term and, and idea, though, existed long before that particular technology i think seasteading is more general than that isn't it i don't know i'm not deep into so to speak that uh that area i mean i know we've, we've interviewed them a few times there's so. a seasteading institute website yeah. that i've been to and read a few times and and that kind of thing so it's just interesting to me that outside of like sort of anything political right you know uh that like these guys and i guess it's not really outside of that it's just that these guys weren't primarily motivated by it's so it seems you know they they more just wanted to have a business out there that was outside of you know the, sure. the, the government's rule so uh that's and, and i imagine the seasteaders of today were probably influenced by stories like this you know having heard about the various different attempts that have you know been tried over the years and haven't worked out you know they came up they cooked up something that was you know took that idea and took it to a new level and it's a neat idea Unfortunately, it didn't work in Thailand or right outside of the Thai, Thailand coast. Uh, even though they were in international waters, they still got raided. Right. And I believe they burned uh, the seastead, the Thai government. They destroyed that. Wow. Yeah. That sucks, man. You know, somebody's yeah. creation, somebody's yeah. idea. Yeah, and those aren't cheap, <sighs> right? Like, you you've got you've to drop, I don't know, tens of thousands, if not over $100,000, I think, to get one of these seastead platforms. I don't think it's a cheap thing to do. Well, governments exist to make sure that nobody can be free. So that's right. It's not surprising. No, nope, not a surprise at all. And it's it's sad because you know these guys have been working so long on this concept, and I'm sure they're not going to give up. I suspect they're going to try to find some other place to go where they think they can find a government that is not going to be as hostile. Um, I don't think they asked, and I don't think they should ask permission. You know, I I'm, I don't live by that rule, right? Like, yeah, better to ask forgiveness than permission. Right. But that's a pretty uh, pretty negative first experience, right? To have your seasteaders be uh, put warrants out for their arrest for 
threatening the so-called sovereignty of the Thai government. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully the Thai government will die in a fire. But well, I mean, hopefully human beings, you know, uh, evolve past the idea of the concept that government as an institution of coercion and violence is necessary. Well, I mean, think of, from their perspective, you can understand why the, the gang is behaving in this way. They can't just let somebody go and be free on the ocean. Because somebody else might get an idea in their head that they should try that, and then they'll leave the Thai, you know, they'll leave Thailand and move out into the middle of the ocean, and then no longer be paying ta- Thai taxes, no longer worship the king or whatever it is. Is that the com- the country where you'll get beheaded or, or you know put to death if you like make fun of the king? Is that Thailand? Or am I thinking of something else? Some other Asian country? They've got like a king, um, and if you talk bad about the king, you die. From what I understand, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know if that's Thailand or one of the other ones. I can say that, you know, to expand on that concept a little further, that uh, I recently read an article talking about the U.S. government claims to own outer space. <laughs> and and I say that because uh, apparently uh, you have the masters to, of the universe. Right. Yeah. So like if you have a, a private satellite or if you as a private person or business send something up into orbit and and you take photos of the Earth that you have to comply with some sort of United States government thing, either a licensing or some sort of uh, vague, you know, copyright type of a thing. So even one pixel, uh, you know, of a photograph taken from above Earth's orbit, uh, the, the, the government claims that, that it's theirs more so than it is yours. And if you don't do it, they say, you know, well, of course, the guys in costumes and guns show up. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I was correct uh, from the Washington Post. What happens when you criticize the royal family in Thailand? Uh, let's see. So according to the story, you, unlike in other countries where the royal family is widely mocked, like Britain, or more or less ignored, like Norway, the law in Thailand makes it illegal to defame, insult, or threaten either the king, the queen, or the heir apparent, or the regent. The Thai constitution also says, quote, the king shall be enthroned in a position of revered worship and shall not be violated. No person shall expose the king to any sort of accusation or action. So there you go. Makes me sick. It it seems like, I mean, if somebody makes claims like that, like, in order to live, you have to worship me. It seems to me like the only reasonable solution to that is to kill him. (laughs) I mean... I don't understand how you can react to that by going, oh, yeah, you're right. That's a great idea. <laughs> okay, so they won't kill you right off. According to the story here, Thailand's enforcement of these laws make them the strictest in the world. There yeah, are you got to shuffle countries. some paperwork before you get to the murdering, right? So uh, people have to sign forms and things. Three to 15 years if you say something bad about the king. Three to 15 in prison. Although you can take multiple sentences on different counts. If you say one thing bad about the king and then another thing bad about the king, that could be two different charges. Charge you twice. But it's perfectly legal to rape children there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The government is obtuse no matter where you go. Coming up, we'll be talking about more. We'll be taking your calls. Uh, this is Free Talk Live at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom. Are you sick of hearing the same crap on libertarian podcasts, inside jokes, interviews of the same person you've heard 50 times? Then you need to listen to the Lava Flow podcast. No nonsense and to the point. Get the information you need and get out. 
you won't hear the latest libertarian circle jerk news here, but instead hard-hitting anti-statist news with me, Roger Paxton, shooting from the lip. LAVA stands for Libertarian, Anarcho-Capitalist, Voluntarist, and Agorist. And if you think you fit any of these categories, then this is the podcast for you. Listen now at thelavaflow.com to find out what's rustling my jimmies, what's in the news, the latest bad cop, stupid stuff statists are saying, and so much more. You can find out more and subscribe on any podcatcher at thelavaflow.com. That's thelavaflow.com. Part of the Pax Libertas Productions Podcast Network. Free Talk Live. 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 <laughs> How many ways can you say Free Talk Live? Well, many, apparently. And you're here with us live on the radio, uh, as well as on internet streams. And our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom, you can call in and talk about whatever you like. Uh, And I'm here with you tonight uh, hosting. It's Captain Kickass, and I'm joined by... Nobody. And Ian. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump proposing a... Death penalty for drug dealers? Yeah. Hmm. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you about uh, local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payments. Sorry, via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. So I'm really curious about what Trump has to say about death to drug dealers, Uh, but first we should probably go to your calls and thoughts and uh, we have uh, Larry in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, I, I could talk about that topic because um, I think that uh, in Singapore they have the death penalty for drug dealers, and uh, they don't have any drug dealers in Singapore. Also, I don't uh, believe our, it. Our, our hero, uh, Donald Trump, is uh, <laughs> our hero. Executive, you mean your hero? My hero. <laughs> right, Let's be specific. Yeah, you, okay, apparently I'm you like evil better myself. than we do. Yeah, you're the only one well, on this uh, this airwave <laughs> right now, uh, Larry, that has any love for that guy. I mean, I find him entertaining. Well, Personally, I think we should family. institute the death penalty for being Donald Trump. I mean, if he's uh, at war hey. with us, we should be at war with him. Oh, uh, why don't you tear up the State and of the Union Secret address. Service raid in three, <laughs> two, but in one. Any case, but in <laughs> anyway, any case, yeah, go ahead, Larry. In any case, I think that Donald Trump is a real champion because he has uh, now uh, classified the uh, drug producers in Mexico and Central America as terrorists. So we can send a squadron of F-15 
fifteens down there to do our business for. Finally, so good. in other words, we can send terrorists after them because <laughs> yeah. the U.S. government is a bunch of terrorists. It meets Why the do people pay taxes? Because the government <laughs> will kill them if they don't. Why do Praise people God. do what the government says? Because the government will murder them if they don't. The government is literally terrorists, it's and true. you well, support terrorism. I'd rather have them being a terrorist than having somebody out here dealing dope on our streets. So, wait, really wait, to be clear, Why don't you just not buy it? To be clear, Larry, well, you know, it, Larry, Larry I want to ask. You, you're saying mm-hmm. that you would prefer the death penalty for drug dealers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well then, how come? At a how come? Level. Then how come I you're not? The, oh. How come you're not out on the streets killing drug dealers yourself? Because I don't. I'm not authorized to do it. Why do you need authorized authorization? Authorized by whom? By the federal government. What does the federal not. government matter? They're just a bunch of terrorists. Well, our representatives, through our representatives, they represent you and me. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> represents uh, me. Admit, you don't admit that they. You don't admit that they are. Uh, your representatives, but when they make How decisions. can they be my representatives when everything they do is something that I think is horrible? In what way is that representing me? Well, you can say all that you want to, but if you're disobedient, you got to be punished. But anyway, why well, not how about and that's if really we it, punish right? tyrants instead? I'm glad that there are good tyrants. I love Donald Good tyrants. Good tyrants. Okay, buddy. And I'm color. <laughs> All right, Larry. I'm sure one. you would have supported the British in 1776, too, if you loved tyranny so much. I probably would have if I could have made some money off of it. But the thing about it is, I call in about, here's what I call in about. I was at a city council meeting tonight here in Indianapolis, and they were talking about all the programs they have. You know, they have a building boom that the city has financed with over five billion dollars in uh, municipal bonds, right, to private corporations. Now, also, they have HUD money that comes from the federal government that subsidizes these young people that are just graduating from college. You mean it comes from the the taxpayers? Yeah, yeah. They lowered the income requirements so that when you get a $1,700 flat, you only pay about $500 a month for a certain amount of time. And they didn't think that that's enslavement also because when you get what do you somebody, care? Uh, I, I do care. Because Why do you care? I mean, you you are I'm totally fine to with putting. You are totally fine with mm-hmm. having a complete and total state ruling over people's lives and having a, a having drug dealers murdered by these government gangsters. But yet, if they Good. spend money in a way that you don't like, you flip out about it. What does it matter anyway? No, you don't. I mean, your that. representative <laughs> said it was right, so doesn't that mean it's right no matter what? Okay. If I'm your if your representative it. becomes Bernie Sanders, then aren't you? Honor bound to submit to Bernie Sanders? I doubt it. But anyway, the people that they're helping with all these incentives and and, uh, abatements and uh, and, and move-in deals, all they're doing is enslaving them just like they've done the color people. You should support it. Don't you love slavery? I mean, that's what government is. I I had the slave shirt on tonight at the meeting, but I'm just trying to warn these people. They're not doing any good when they when they dispopulate them yeah. and stack them one t- on top of another, just like they've done to colored people when they had the projects 
and then inject dope and a bunch of booze joints. And Don't act like you know hotel. anything about what's good and what's not good. <laughs> yeah, you see, Larry, Larry is against Donald overt Trump's slavery, good. but he is uh, all for slavery lights, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have, Free you range slavery, he's slavery. okay with. I would rather have overt slavery for myself then I would know how to conduct myself according to the rules. Wow. That's so you're saying that, that without a master to tell you what to do, you don't have any clue? Well, I will figure it out on my own. But if I Why did do you have bother master, staying alive then? <laughs> if I did have a master, I'm sure I would be a be- quasi obedient to him sad. enough Very to sad. keep it did, did your that's master tell you to call in tonight and talk to us? Or was that your own decision? Yeah. Well, tonight I was laying there and I thought about what I experience that the city county mill building a bunch of young white people think that they can get away with uh inflicting welfare on their people on other people and they're inflicting it on them because they let them get in these apartments well, so all hard. government programs and, are welfare yeah, Larry, they, all of them. well yeah so murder is okay wow. but welfare not that's interesting but they're forcing it on people now oh, and enslaving you them. Poor in the oh, you baby. But they're your representatives. You should obey them. They you are. should submit to them. Everybody I belongs to everybody else, right? You signed up for this, dude. You said yeah. you want people to, to, you want to force your way on people. You said it's okay for these government gangsters to force their way on people, but now you're complaining because they're forcing their well, way on people. Keep, well, to keep, I'm warning people. I just want them to keep my Ooh. enemies away from me. Ah, see, you know what I, mean? I see. So it's okay for you to get your way, but it's not okay for somebody else to get their way with you. Right. Typical. As long as it's not being being something that's going to hurt them in the the long run and a bunch of booze joints and subsidized housing is the same thing they've done to colored people. So they're getting done in. I don't know. It may be divine uh, uh, destiny for them to experience the same thing they've done to my people by enslaving them first on welfare and then second, subsidizing their jobs. And uh, really, they don't really have anything, and they are part of the homeless because all the money they get from HUD is based on the homeless population here in the city. And it's all funded by taxpayers who have no choice as to whether or not to pay it. Thank you for the call tonight, Larry. I, I'm sorry, I just I couldn't take any more of Larry. No, I couldn't take him t- five minutes ago at this point. Sick. Yeah. I, I I don't understand uh, the mentality of oh, it's okay when I get my way. Yeah. But when I'm not getting my way, suddenly it's not okay. Yeah, you know, I can force my will on others, but others can't force their will on me. That would be wrong. It's the most selfish possible perspective and stance one could have. 855 450 free, like freedom. This is Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk about whatever you'd like. Uh, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. That was not even a very good attempt at an impersonation of Dave, Dave Mustaine. Mustaine. But, we used uh, to play Megadeth uh, in our openers. Really? Yeah, a long time ago. Oh, well. Uh, I, I enjoy Megadeth quite, yeah. quite a bit. Uh, one, of my, one of my faves over the years. Uh, 855-450-FREE is our number. 855-450-3733. Uh, here with you tonight, it's me, L. Captain Kickass, and I'm joined by... The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Ian. And, uh, well, uh, we were talking about uh, 
uh, all things Trump. <laughs> uh, apparently, Larry from Indiana uh, is uh, what I like to refer to as a Trumpanzee. So he's my... cheering on this death penalty proposal that we haven't even talked about yet, but that's coming up. He, uh, yeah, he uh, is all about the Trump, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I can only take so much of that, Larry. You know, yeah. Hey, I want to let you know the next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That's DiviProject.org. Well said, Ian. Well said. Uh, I want to talk about the Trump uh, saying death to drug dealers. But uh, first, let's go to your calls and your thoughts. Uh, We have Doug from New York. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, we've got 500 miles of wall up, which will prevent the human trafficking. And will Epstein it? was trying to provide that. Wait, 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 Doug, Doug. How, how will it prevent human trafficking? How will a wall prevent that? <laughs> well, we can keep these cartels out. You have Epstein that was providing that as a service to our country, and one of his girls had huh? a lot. How was Epstein providing? How, how is Epstein providing that to our country? You can't have a conversation. You don't stop talking. Uh, all, right. all right. Bye, Doug. God, that guy. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know what his deal is. At yeah. least he was understandable tonight. Usually his phone sounds like he's way far away and like really, really tinny. So at least he was understandable, even I, though he wouldn't yeah. stop talking. <laughs> I think he just reads. I think he just reads it's, a script. It does. It sounds like he has a script in front of him, and it, and it like it repeats, like it's a teleprompter right. or something, right? Because like he's he'll start over again after he ends with uh-huh. the same spiel. Plugs his website. Is it even well. his website, do you think? Or whatever. It's a YouTube yeah. channel or something like that. You can go and listen to his secret uh, four-hour-long recordings of whatever nonsense. Hey, well, nobody got time for that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Spray a can of Doug Be Gone. <laughs> so uh, we were going to talk about Trump. What did Trump have to say about uh, uh, killing drug dealers? Well, according to theweek.com, President Trump's latest comments about China would be ironic if they weren't so disturbing. Trump hosted governors from around the country on Monday and gave a wide-ranging speech where he complained about the European Union's apparent bullying and then totally reversed his stance on criminal justice reform. While Trump touted clemency for drug offenders as recently as in his Super Bowl advertisement, he complimented China's, quote, maximum penalty for drug dealers, unquote, and how it's led to the country having, quote, very little drug problem. He said Trump first complimented what's going on in the authoritarian government of China and then praised some of the governors in front of him. He said, quote, states with a very powerful death penalty on drug dealers don't have a drug problem. He said. (laughs) And then he added, quote, I don't know if our country is ready for that. Unquote. Wow. How about a death penalty for uh, tyrants? Is, uh, (laughs) Is our country ready for that? Politicians. If only they saw politicians as tyrants. They don't, though. They think that people in the United States think that there's like the next politician's going to save them. Well, the thing is, they all see half the half the politicians as tyrants. Right. It's just like this this idiot who called in earlier. They think they don't think the politicians are tyrants 
when their tyrants are forcing their will on others, yep. but they certainly think the politicians are tyrants when other people's tyrants are forcing uh, other people's will on them. I keep referring to the election or elections as they as they may be as weaponized popularity contests mm. because that's exactly what they are. And specifically mm-hmm. to your point, nobody like people are just fine with the weaponized popularity contest when their person wins and their person gets to point the guns of government at everybody else to get their way. But when their person doesn't win and somebody else's guy points the guns of government at them, then they get their panties in a bunch and decide to get all, oh, outrage. Yeah, because the reality is under democracy, half of the country is going to be victims and the other half of the country is going to be perps. And every once in a while, they switch, and different set of people is victims, different set of people is perps, but it always divides the world into perps and victims. Every gang rape is a democratic success story, because <laughs> the majority gets what they want, and the minority gets screwed. Yep. Uh, and there's not much else to say, although they do point out here in the story that Trump apparently had a Super Bowl advertisement that featured a woman, Alice Marie Johnson, who thanked the president for granting her clemency after she'd spent more than 20 years in prison on drug-related charges. So on one hand, you've got this Trump that's like supposedly a reformer of the justice system and letting people out of prison. And then on the other hand, you got the Trump that says, well, there ought to be a drug uh, penalty of death for drug dealing. He's not schizophrenic, he's quadrophenic. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, this isn't the first time either, right? Like, he's, you know, gone on some television appearance and said, oh, this is how I think things should be. And then, like, a week later, he'll, you know, do a speech or whatever and say the exact opposite of that. The most wishy-washy, I mean, I expect this from politicians, I guess. And I don't, in some ways, I don't really consider Trump a politician because he's, well, basically, he's an actor, right? Hmm. I mean, look at where he came from. He's just heading up. So was Ronald Reagan. That's true. Uh, although I think Ronald Reagan was at least a better reader and orator than Trump. Well, he was an actual actor, right? Like, yeah, this is true. Trump's Trump, just been on Trump television. Trump was a, a reality TV star. And to that extent, he still is. He's mm-hmm. just heading up this season of the United States. That's right. Season You're one. You're Four years long. <laughs> Four years. Um, so it's tragic. I mean, let's uh, let's talk a little bit further about this. Is he right when he says that countries that have penalties of death for drug dealers have very little drug problem? Um, well, I mean, countries that have killed their entire population don't have many drug problems either. The the thing is, if if you're concerned about drugs because you want to protect people, then murdering them is not the way to protect them. Making something illegal and having, you know, overtly horrifying penalties for it just pushes the problem underground. It is human nature. Well, the problem's already underground. Yeah, it is human nature to seek out a change of state of mind, regardless of what that is. You work out because you want to change your state of mind, right? Yeah. You, you, but is it true, though? Is it true that the country... I don't know. I'm asking. Is, is it true that countries... Because there are these places on Earth where they have a maximum death penalty for drug dealing. Are there fewer people there who use 
and sell drugs. I don't know. Uh, our listeners, uh, do you have any information about this? Call in and tell us your thoughts about having a death penalty for drug dealers or what you know about it. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. It's free time. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit Divi project.org divi project.org this is free talk live you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind take control of the show even our number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's myself, the captain. Nobody. It's Ian. We have been talking about many things, but amongst them is uh, something about Donald Trump floating the idea of... Uh, murdering drug dealers death penalty yeah. for drug dealers and it, and it's not the first time because i recalled we talked about him saying something like this in the past and according to the washington post he at a uh, panel discussion in dc in march of 2018 also said something similar so recently he was praising china uh, for its death penalty for drug dealers. That's what brought this conversation about tonight. So he was all, nice job, China, for right. murdering your drug dealers. That's what he was doing, yep, recently. Mm, dick. And now he's saying, uh, or, or excuse me, back in 2018, he said, quote, these people, talking about drug dealers, kill thousands of people over the course of their lives through drugs, so we're going to have to get much, much tougher in terms of penalty. But politicians don't kill anybody over the course of their no, lives. No, they kill millions of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What is it? A Freaking One murder is a tragedy, a million murders is a statistic. statistic. Who was said that, that? Was that Masi? Uh Chairman Mao? I don't know who that was. I some, think it may well have been, actually. Yeah. Uh, some tyrant said that. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, and if you want to stop it, if you look at certain countries where they have, as an example, the death penalty and say, how's your drug problem? And they'll tell you, we don't have much of a drug problem. And so Washington Post wanted to find out if there was any truth to that. And that was kind of my question in the, in the last segment. But first. But first, I wanted to tell you a bit about Edge Wallet. Uh, it is available for iOS and Android as a mobile wallet. You can buy, sell, trade, and securely hold uh, your cryptocurrencies. It's user-controlled. You own your money. Uh, the private keys are auto-encrypted and backed up with just a username and password. So unlike other wallets, you don't have to write down your secret 24-word password or memorize it or you know embed it into a painting and hang it in a museum or whatever you're going to do with it so that you uh, don't misplace it. You just need to have your username and password. Uh, support for BTC, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, and many other cryptocurrencies. It's a veteran team who's been at it since 2014, and uh, their tagline is Secure Your Freedom. You can find out more at edge.app. That's edge.app. I set somebody up with the Edge wallet tonight before I came uh, to do the show. Thank you for sweet. your service. Uh, all right. So here is some more information for you from the Washington Post. Again, they wanted to check Trump's claim 
because Trump was saying that, you know, this is effective in these other countries with the uh, the death penalty, which, by the way, there's a list of those countries over at Wikipedia. And let's just say it reads as a who's who of the most tyrannical places on the planet. So mm-hmm. if Trump wanted to actually bring death penalties for drug dealing, he would actually be making the United States not only more like China, but also more like Iran. And more like North Korea. Oh, fun. Yeah. So, you know, these are, it's a great list here of countries like the Bahrain, uh, Egypt, India, Iran, Iraq, Jordan. I'm, sk- I'm not, not reading them all. There's 30 something countries uh, Singapore, Sri Lanka, Qatar. I mean, not, a, not exactly a list of the, you know, the most freest places on the planet. Yes. Right? Singapore being the standout exception there. Singapore is mostly very free. Economically. Free. Yeah. Economically. Right, right. But they'll uh, they'll give you some lashings if they catch you spitting your gum out in the street or something like that. I'm certainly mm. not inspired to move to any of the places you just listed. No. So That's here, true. Um, so what they did was they talked to the folks over at Harm Reduction International, or HRI, and uh, they said this. They said, quote, the majority of those sentenced to death and executed are low-level couriers who often experience overlapping and intersecting forms of vulnerability, discrimination, and exclusion, and who are often subjected to forced confessions and unfair trials in these countries. Uh, this, again, is according to Harm Reduction International, which is a non-governmental organization partly funded by the European Union that keeps track of death penalty laws for drug offenses around the world. They said further, quote, not only do these executions continue to fail to achieve any reduction in drug use and trafficking, they're also a clear violation of fundamental human rights under international law. Right. According to HRI, at least 32 countries and the Palestinian Authority employ some form of capital punishment for drug offense uh, offenses, but of those countries and territories, only seven execute drug offenders with regularity. And the rate of those executions does appear to be declining. Between January of 2015 and December of 2016, or excuse me, 2017, at least 1,320 people are known to have been executed for drug-related offenses. They said that these estimates don't include China, as reliable figures continue to be unavailable for them. Uh, But Amnesty International says 35 countries and the Palestinian Authority imposed the death penalty for drug offenses, and Amnesty's list is about the same as HRI's. Wait, so how does Trump go ahead and compliment China for something that can't even be reliably measured? Well, they have the penalty. They just well, don't know how, how right. often it's used. It, I think that th- that the tradition is for sovereigns to pretend that other sovereigns are telling the truth. These mm. these these are masters. They're all on the same side. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> Asked to provide examples that supported Trump's claim, an administration official pointed to Singapore, which has the death penalty for various drug offenses and claims to have one of the lowest rates of substance abuse in the world. To test his claim, we reviewed what the drug situation looks like in the seven countries classified by HRI as being high application states for drug-related death sentences, including Singapore. So uh, in China, for instance, news reports indicate they have a significant drug trafficking problem. In March of 2017, the China National Narcotics Control Commission told the media that China's seizure of synthetic drugs, including methamphetamine and ketamine, has, quote, surged by 106 percent year on year in 2017. 16. So if it were true mm. that the death penalty was actually having some sort of an effect to reduce the drug dealing, 
then the statistics here aren't suggesting it if it's surged by 106% in China. The evidence does not support the position. And now that you mention it, it's pretty widely known that most of the fentanyl flowing into the United States, or a lot of the black China is coming from China. So actually, let me back off from saying we don't know whether... Uh, whether it's true, because we know that one of the biggest drug dealing planet countries on the planet, the massive supplier of U.S. narcotics, and these are narcotics because they put you to sleep. um, Well, and a lot of the uh, the death penalty for it. A lot of the synthetic drugs too come from China. Yeah, you know, like the K two or whatever those different brands that they've had for you know for the last several years that are sort of like illegal Mm. drugs but not quite illegal. Those are coming from China. Wow, yeah. that's uh, so. The evidence does not support the notion. Meanwhile, as a news agency, the idea that that is going is somehow going to be some kind of protection for addicts is nonsense. Because if you whack one drug dealer, well, addicts are addicts. So one of the others is going to become a drug dealer because they have no other choice. Well, also the argument is if there's a serious penalty for drug dealing that only the most hardcore dudes are going to get into the business, right? Because it's much higher risk. Right. So you're more likely to see the bike gangs and, you know, the killers and the really dangerous drug dealers getting into it because mm-hmm. they got to have that level of of risk taking in order to be willing to face the potential death penalty. Well, the thing is there's what Whenever you're in an illegal business, and, I, and I've experienced this, the thing is, you can only get your pile so large before you have to use violence to defend it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's... Uh, um, so basically, there, there's a cap size on how far, how big you can get as an illegal business without becoming a mafia. Okay, because otherwise people will just come and take your business. That presumes they know where you are. But yes, you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. your, your risks do get higher in that case. Uh, final point about China is their official state-run news agency now said in November of uh, a couple of years ago that a part of the Guangdong province is, quote, plagued with rampant drug production and trafficking, according to the BBC. So more lies coming from politicians. Evidence doesn't support it. Uh, Coming up, we'll go to your calls and your thoughts. Uh, What do you think about uh, China and drug dealing and all of that good stuff? Free Talk Live at Free. Yes, this is Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio show that you can take control of. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That is 855-450-373. It is the Monday night edition. Uh, Tonight, in the studio, it's me, the captain. Uh, Nobody. And Ian. And uh, we were talking a bit about uh, the death penalty uh, for potential... Uh, drug dealers, drug offenders who have been caught. Yeah, does and- it have an effect as people like Donald Trump are claiming and has claimed more than once, just did it recently, claiming that China uh, putting people to death for drug dealing is something the U.S. should consider emulating, which, of course, would make the United States more like China and Iran, which we can get into as well. I've got some interesting numbers uh, in, you know, from there as well. We have to protect drug addicts. 
by killing them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into we that. had to burn the city to save it. <laughs> we'll get into that, and we'll take your calls in just a moment. But first, uh, I wanted to give you the Liberty update uh, from LibertyCon. Don't miss these two very special debates. First, is government necessary? This debate will feature David Friedman, Milton's son, and Timothy Sandifor. David, David will be arguing that government is not necessary, while Timothy will be arguing that government is necessary. Second, does capitalism require government intervention? In this debate, Gene Epstein, the economics editor for Barron's, will debate Stephen Perlstein of the Washington Post. Epstein will argue against intervention, and Perlstein will argue in favor of it. Also, John Mackey, Whole Foods CEO, will speak on conscious capitalism. Be a part of LibertyCon. LibertyCon is a unique convention, April 3rd through 5th in Washington, D.C. For people who want to network with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations for career advancement, business, or internship opportunities. Visit LibertyCon.com for more details on our incredible list of speakers, events, and student discounts. That's LibertyCon.com. You can use code FTL for a $10 discount. Uh, let's go to the phones right away. Uh, we have Jay uh, calling in. Jay, are you with us? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. All right. What's on your mind? So a uh, couple of things, guys. This is Jay Noon, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, Jay. Um, well, nobody always uh, loves to hear off. from no one. <laughs> yeah, uh, first off, uh, uh, I guess I'm going to go on. Well, I guess the baby's not born yet. As you know, my wife's pregnant, and uh, we're expecting a little girl any day. Oh, Congratulations. Wow. So I won't be coming into the studio this week okay. uh, or for several weeks. I'm not, you know, it's going to be a floating whenever I come back. So also, I was kind of wondering today, um, I've seen a lot of newspaper headlines that everything's about the coronavirus, coronavirus, you know, orange man bad coronavirus. Uh, and I've asked some of my friends who like watch cable news and stuff. I'm like, hey, have you? Hello? Did the protesters Uh-oh. all just go home or something? Uh-oh. You totally just lost like several words there. There were, uh, you had a drop. Oh, out. I'm sorry. Are you on a cell phone, Jay? Sounds like. Yes, it. I am. I'll walk outside. All right, cool. Sorry about that. So, what did um, you say? Yeah, the Hong Kong protesters. Anybody hear anything about them lately? No, not I mean, since Mark was over there a few weeks ago. Well, yeah. what I've heard right. is that the the streets of Hong Kong, like the streets of many places in China, are empty. Right. I, I really? heard that, uh, yeah, like Wuhan, uh, the Hong Kong streets are pretty much empty. I don't know if wow. they've instituted uh, any kind of, uh, you know, you tell us, Jay, what do you know? Well, I, I, I don't know anything. Um, oh, so you're I calling to ask like, us. You know, okay. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, had, I, I pay, like, when you read... When, you know, I've had a lot of like um, years of digesting and reading statutes and codes and figuring them out. And like, and I've kind of one thing I've learned too is when we're reading like statutory law, it's like you really got to pay attention to the things they do not talk about. It's actually more important than what's mentioned in the laws. So like, I always feel like there's there's got to be a distraction, whatever the media jumps a hold hold of, you know, mainstream, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I, I, I mean, did uh, I mean, are they like in China, maybe killing you know dissidents and like burning them in their crematoriums? And they're, they're rounding they people up, according to a story I have uh, from the Daily Mail. China has been rounding up alleged coronavirus suspects 
and putting them in God knows where, there's videos. Now, now, when they say suspects, they mean people who are suspected of catching a disease that was probably actually created by, by the, the Chinese, Chinese government. government. So. Yeah. They really should be saying the people we victimized were now killing. Gene, the Christian anarchist, says in our Discord server that Hong Kong streets are not empty. He says protests are continuing on a weekly basis. Oh, okay. okay. I was probably wrong. Thank you, Gene. Yeah, so, well, that, that's good. That's good to know because um, that just that that makes me feel better. Uh, but, you know, uh, Lily Tang, you guys know who Lily Tang Williams is. That's her name on uh, Facebook. She's, She's a uh, former, uh, China. yeah, formerly from China, escaped to the United States and is now a active uh, libertarian. So she, she, I got to look, maybe people could Google or Internet search DuckDuckGo her latest talking, her talk, latest talk. Um, she's on a talking tour right now. I've been trying to get her to come down to the studio with me on Wednesday nights because she literally lives like a half a mile from me through the woods. And um, she's one of my neighbors. This is one of the beautiful things about New Hampshire. She mm -hmm. moved from you know Denver, Colorado, where, and I met her out there uh, years ago. But she told me stories of like the people being rounded up and you know put in detention centers. And like, I mean, just, you know, it's like all these communist countries where they had people didn't have guns. And, now they could just be rounding up all political dissidents under the guise of, oh, it's a, it, it's a plague. Uh, there's an, I listened to a podcast. They were watching a video where there's an ambulance and there's dudes jumping out in hazmat masks. They're like, but with like uh, military-style assault weapons and going and just grabbing random people out of the street. And we know with China, with their social credit score and their massive surveillance system, oh, yeah. they know exactly who everybody is. All they got to do is follow their, their phone. Get, oh, grab yeah. these dudes. Here they are. You look sick. We're here so, to help you. Yeah, get get this, Jay. I uh, I brought in an article a couple of days ago that we never got to. Uh, this is from CCN. Uh, that's the cryptocurrency network. China killing Muslim prisoners to harvest halal organs for rich Saudis. Just a couple of bullet points here. A new it's witness, a crazy headline. A new witness report confirms the slaughter on demand of China's Muslim prisoners for rich Saudi customers. This is part of the country's $1 billion death trade in forced organ transplants, wow. described as extreme wickedness. Uh, Xin Let me comment on that real quick. Yeah. Yes. Um, sorry to break in there, but uh, let's think about this. That's a crazy, oh, you're crazy, man. Well, why would you even think like that, right? Well, right. we've got to ask ourselves a couple questions. couple questions. Um, I'm going to lead the witness. Could this happen? Could a group of people within a government, an organized government, an organized military, that has the ability to spend a million dollars on nonsense, $50,000 on hammers, could they go and poach people that they've been tracking that, are, that fit this particular description for their organs? Could that happen? Yeah, and especially considering right. they already have camps for these people. They already have uh, the Uyghurs in re-education camps, in concentration camps in northwest China. And the other thing is, a lot of times they're putting the men in the concentration camps and then assigning a Han Chinese man to adopt his wife, basically, really? and to move in with her and sleep with her. So they've got organized rape there, too, just to, you know, ch uh, ch Trump's really loving a great country there. <laughs> Okay, so the, this virus is nothing compared to this other stuff we just talked about. Right. Oh, right. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, so yeah, it sounds like uh, the, 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 they're sensationalizing the virus to so people aren't talking about these other horrific things. It's like I asked these people who hate Trump, what do you hate about Trump? Well, Trump makes fun of mentally challenged people. Well, is that the worst thing about Trump? Oh, he's so terrible. He's he's just so mean to people. I go, oh, so the fact that he's bombing. Well, he does advocate murdering drug dealers, as we said on the last segment. So there's certainly some horrible things about, you know, the Cheeto. (laughs) One of the girls who was telling me this horrible stuff about Trump is a drug dealer. (laughs) I can't wait to tell her this. Hey, guys, i got to get back to work. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for the call, Jay. Yeah, there's a lot of video footage here on uh, the Daily Mail story. I'll share it on our Twitter at twitter.freetalklive.com or our Mastodon over at toot.freetalklive.com and the Telegram at telegram.freetalklive.com. But people literally being dragged from their homes by men in hazmat uniforms, uh, allegedly because they're sick. Yeah, Mm. from from the same article... uh, the extractions were conducted on live victims. The organs had been ordered and paid for in advance with paperwork and arrangements in place. The customer traveled from his home in Saudi Arabia to one of a number of hospitals in China. The operation took place and the transaction was completed. Without government, who would steal the organs? Who would harvest your organs? Tell us your thoughts. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? These are questions that have never been answered. I know. Uh, you can call in and talk about whatever you'd like. This is freetalklive.com. Uh, Free Talk Live is a live on-air call-in show. And our telephone number is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, that's 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's me, the captain. Nobody. And Ian. And uh, I would like to take just a moment to thank our amplifier uh, today, Ellen, who is a gold amplifier. Thank you, Ellen. Uh, She uh, finds it in her heart to provide $10 a month uh, to our AMP program. That stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And you can find out more about that at freetalklive.com forward slash amp. Uh, this is a program that allows us to advertise, market, and promote this radio program uh, to get on more radio stations than we currently are broadcast on. Uh, the total is uh, about 200 right now, but we could be on 250. We could be on 300 stations. Uh, it's really all up to you. Uh, again, find out more at freetalklive.com forward slash amp. There's some good perks and uh, a variety of ways for you to donate to that program as well. So uh, we've been talking about many, many, many things. Uh, but first, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We have a mystery unscreened caller. You don't want to take an unscreened call. Uh, uh, yeah. We don't do have that. a dump button. No, yet. we know who it is. Yeah, you don't want to do We that. know who it is. 
It is James in Arizona. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Fascinating. What's on your mind today? The call screener, before he even completed the sentence, I'm on already. I know that you'd rather talk to Larry the incapable guy. But I should like to say, the funny thing about him is, even though he has half the IQ of somebody that boasts he has 150 IQ, Rich Paul, I'm betting, I'm betting money that he's a taxpayer who does more good for society on a daily basis than Rich Paul has done his entire life. Okay. What do you think, Captain Ash? Nope, nope, nope. We're not going to have any of that because you know the next. You no, know it was coming. You know the next. The next uh, word out of his mouth was going to be. So, uh, James, the the problem that I have with you, uh, just so everybody who's listening knows, is that you're never fresh. You're never new. You say the same <laughs> thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's it's really old. some of us just refuse to listen. It's really stale. Uh, you have managed to alienate, you know, many a hosts. You continually threaten the lives of not only the hosts but their children as well. And uh, you know, I, I just, I don't feel like we should have to tolerate that. Uh, we do still allow you to call in from time to time. Uh, why I don't really know, but uh, you know, there you go. You've had your words. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. So moving right along, uh, we had were talking. His words had a drink. Yeah. And of course, you do or have three. The, you do have the discretion to just hang up on him as soon as you find out it's James from Arizona. Yeah, that's, I did. I did that. That's the what other my day. solution would be if I hear his. If I heard his, I mean, as it is when when I as soon as I'm sure it's that James from Arizona, I just take my headphones per, off because perhaps I don't hear I'm it. a sucker and believe too much in you know uh, human beings, but like. He's been doing this for years. Yeah, he has. Uh, but, like, you know, maybe one day he'll call sober, you know? Perhaps one day he'll have, you know, something of substance to talk about. I, so I doubt it. But is a sober lunatic better than a drunk one? I mean... I mean, at least one can hold a conversation better, I would hope. He's had a couple of okay calls in the last several months yeah. where he's been somewhat lucid. And hasn't resorted to threats right out the gate or insults or whatever. But he gets around to it eventually. He always does. Yeah, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, man's obsessed. It's pathetic. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about get a life, uh, China and uh, and other countries harvesting organs uh, for rich Saudis and I from just, Muslims. Yes, specifically halal organs. Uh, yeah. Uh, the extractions were conducted on live victims. Which uh, I suspect, I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and uh, say that Muhammad would not agree that this is not a good, this is not halal. You don't get to. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he believed that it was okay to force a woman to marry you against her will at sword point. So, I mean, he, he was pretty horrible. <laughs> well, actually, the the uh, the Muslim religion was progressive for women in its time. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's true what you well, just said. I, I mean, that that may be, but all of the major religions were horrible for women in, at that time from yeah. the yeah. point of view of actual justice and not whether they were better or worse than other horrible injustices. Yeah, um, well, I mean, all you can <laughs> do is get better from where you are, right? And so if uh, you know, if things improved for women, 
under Muslim rule compared to the pagans or whoever it was that was or the idolaters or whoever it was that uh, they took over from from then that's a step in the right direction and I could pull up more information mm-hmm. about how they improved uh, the rights of women at that time but I've, I've I have read about that in the past mm-hmm. I'm not going to say well, that they still were as, equal they weren't as and and I take your point from from a from a from the point of view of you know, you can only be so much better than your contemporaries before they kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did try to kill the Muslims. Well, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> the Muslims tried to kill them right back. There is there is well, a actually, lot of killing on all the sides. There, there was, but um, Muhammad's preachings actually uh, said that if your enemy comes and attacks and then turns and runs away, that you aren't supposed to go after them. So his 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 lessons that he was trying to impart— were actually well, uh, self defense. Right. Although I, I don't know. But the the other reason for saying that is that's a great way to ambush somebody. Is you send in an insufficient attack, mm-hmm. and then when when they chase the survivors out, um, you you then kill the uh kill their expeditionary force because you know they run out thinking oh we're winning and all overconfident and then they fall right into a trap so that well, may have also, just been tactical no it advice. wasn't that because he also uh forgave attackers as well and spared their lives yep Interesting. yeah they're not as uh it's not as monstrous of a religion as the talking heads on the fox news would have you have you believe oh yeah. well no and and from my point of view uh you know islam and christianity are pretty much equally very similar. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're equally horrible in Orthodox yeah. Judaism as well, in that they're all, um, you know, they're the Abrahamic religions. I believe is uh, the yeah. category. I mean, they're all based on the idea that if you kill, hear voices in your head telling you to kill your children, and you're a righteous man, you'll kill your children. That's what Abraham was willing to do, and that's what made him the father of of that whole set of religions. I so gotta, I gotta the say, whole though, thing is based on a moral abomination. Nobody, I have to say that uh, you know the the worst religion, of course, is statism. And uh, keeping uh, just within one more point from this article to illustrate that fact of how horrible it is, uh, we're talking about organ harvesting from live people. A surgeon involved described one such extraction from a young man, a prisoner, who had been sentenced to death but was still breathing. The man was a Muslim, a member of uh, the Uyghur minority, and in the mind of the Saudi customer, his organs were halal, religiously appropriate, worth the heavy price paid. So here we have the largest religion, a government, right, uh, that folks believe in, uh, helping out another religion to harvest organs from live human beings. I mean, it doesn't get any more horrifying to me than that, um, at least not for today. It's true. And what the really common, the real common denominator is that all these things are based on the idea that you can force what you believe on other people at gunpoint right. or, or sword point, depending on your level of technology. Uh, you're welcome to call in and give us your thoughts. We'll go to your calls coming up. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. What do you think about religion? Is government a religion? Uh, do you agree that uh, governments should allow harvesting of organs from people live? More coming up. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. This is Free Talk Live. 
Yes, it's Free Talk Live. We're midway through the third hour of our Monday night broadcast. Our toll-free number, of course, is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That is 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, it's myself, L. Captain Kickass, and I am joined by... The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Ian. And uh, you can find out more about nobody at electnobody.com. He's up to some fine shenanigans and you can find out more there. It's true. I'd uh, return the favor, but I don't know your URL. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, it's lcaptainkickass.com. E-L-captainkickass.com. Uh, if you care about funny music and want to hear some hilarity, uh, that's uh, some of it's really well produced. I mean, I actually impressed myself. Some of it is very poorly produced as well, which <laughs> kind of adds to the humor, I think. But, you know, you be the judge. Uh, we're going to go to your calls and thoughts momentarily, but first I wanted to tell you about Liberty Stickers. Uh, do you want to reach people with the ideas of Liberty? You can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. You can reach thousands of people with a bumper sticker, and you know people love to read them. I'm always reading bumper stickers. I don't know about you guys when I'm driving down the road because... You know, I mean, driving is kind of boring, right? So checking out people's stickers. Some of them are funny. Some of them are lame. But, uh, you know, everybody's got their preference. You can check out the vast selection of witty, poignant, pithy, and downright bombastic liberty-oriented messages at libertystickers.com. That's libertystickers.com. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, We have Peter in California calling in. Peter, you're live on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Um, Wanted to discuss the other night you guys were talking about the legalization of mushrooms up in the Santa Cruz area. Yeah. yeah. Unanimously voted in by the sorry, unanimously voted in by the city council recently. Yeah, I'm so against that. Not only am I against that, I'm against 100 percent for legal uh, medical marijuana, 100 percent. But for recreational marijuana, absolutely not. But I'm also. Why do you want to keep putting people in prison? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think alcohol should be illegal, also. And I'm going to I'm going to ask you guys mind. a question. Go ahead. Maybe See, I'm not. You definitely. Let are. me ask you a Sick. question. Is anybody in the studio an addict or ex-addict? Any type of drugs or anything? Um, I have used drugs certainly, and I've done everything out there. Um, I definitely had a, had a crack problem for about six months a few years ago. Um, okay, so you've issues. Sure. I, I was full on uh, nicotine addict, uh, yeah. you know, the, at and least, you know, 15, 18 years, something. I've drank every night for quite a long time. I quit yeah. drinking uh, like that back in August. Yeah, see, the interesting okay, thing is the way I quit smoking crack, and the reason that I started was to test out the theory that this would work, is by using LSD. I tripped several times, and that got. That's how I gained gained the willingness, and it caused me to actually see the patterns in my life that were causing the addiction and the general addictive behavior, because even before I started smoking it, I was engaged in other addictive behavior, like chasing girls— um, and it allowed me to see 
what was wrong with my thinking that was causing my general obsessive compulsive behavior. So you solved so your drug LSD addiction with a drug? was an amazingly... It, it it made a huge difference in my life. I have a question for Peter. Do you think uh, the uh, manufacturers of pharmaceuticals like Adderall and things like that, do you think uh, those folks should be put in prison? Absolutely not. Why not? Okay. Um, I'm going to speak real quick here. This is coming from an ex-addict. I was not only a heavy alcoholic, I had an opiate problem. I've done methamphetamine. Okay. So speaking as an ex, I mean serious addict for many, many years, um, if you were to put opiates on a shelf in Walgreens, legalize it, I must well just dig my damn grave. And I have a cousin who's a heroin addict. If and he agrees with me, you'd be surprised that most opiates are on a shelf in Walgreens, legalize. dude. It's called hydrocodone. Uh, true, okay, although so it's I can not walk available in there without permission. Yeah, I can't walk in there with ten bucks and buy it. Yeah, yeah. you see, they yeah. have a saying <laughs> in AA. They say they didn't close the bars. When I got sober, they didn't close the liquor stores. Changing the wor- the world didn't solve the problem. Changing me did. And if you haven't gotten to the point where you can walk into a liquor store without uh, without uh, buying liquor, then what you need to do is go to some meetings or find some sort of help because your problem is not resolved. Sobriety without changing who you are is a pointless and t- temporary exercise. Well, I've been sober for a year now, so that's you know okay. that's behind me. You go I don't miss being high. I don't miss being high at all. I miss the life that came with it. And it destroys lives. Not only that, with legalized marijuana recreationally, it's put more drunks on the road. Uh, you know, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Fewer people are drinking because they're smoking weed instead. So the reality no, is that the there are fewer is- drunks on the road. Wait, wait, wait. Peter, how, no. does, how does legalization of marijuana put more drunks on the road? I don't understand how you arrive when at I that conclusion. When I say drunks, Okay, here we go. When I say drunks, I mean people smoking pot. More people <laughs> intoxicated. Well, you're okay, intoxicated. that's not a drunk. That's you guys a don't stone know what you're person. Talking about. No, Peter. you don't know what you're talking about First because somebody who is somebody who, is, somebody I'm somebody who is stoned is statistically a safer driver than mm-hmm. a drunk person. So look how up, dare you? That is uh, a joke. No, look it's up not. The scientific studies on it, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> LRN.FM. Thank you. Well, Peter, it was an interesting conversation until what a you shame. decided to cuss. You know, it's just so sad when somebody who's had their own problems in life decides mm-hmm. they're going to go ahead and prescribe jail for everybody else that's had the same problem that they have. Maybe they believe that, you know, and we didn't get to this with him, but maybe he spent some time in jail and it was somehow good for him, or at least he's told himself that it was good for him, and he thinks that everybody else should have the same punishment well, so they can get out of their problems, too. This happens with addicts, though, when they do get sober. Like, there's nothing worse than, like, a former cigarette smoker uh-huh. who is now an evangelist mm-hmm. to get smoking out of the world, right? 
right? They want to kill tobacco plants. They want to end the tobacco industry. They chastise anybody who may have a pack of cigarettes in their pocket, much less lighting one up or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I quit smoking, like I, I, I witnessed all this previously with you know friends, friends. And, and that kind of thing that, that I know were addicts or whatever or who came out of it. And so you know it was like you're saying it was very difficult for me to you know get myself back to a point where like I could go into like the smoking area of a bar with my beer and hang out with my smoking friends and not Enough. have one. Yeah. But I did it because I knew that I had to. I had to change myself, which is what nobody's point was. I had to change myself before I could, you know, really function again. But once I did that, it was no big deal. Now I actually don't mind being around smokers. So, uh, 855-450-FREE. More of your calls coming up here on Free Talk Live. Uh, 855-450-3733. You can't arrest your way out of this problem. Doesn't work oh, that no. way. Yeah, no, it doesn't. More coming up. Have you heard of LibertyCon? LibertyCon is not only a convention with great speakers like Whole Foods CEO and co-founder John Mackey and Nobel Prize winner Vernon Smith, but it's also unique because you get a chance to network with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations one-on-one for the purpose of career advancement, business, and internship opportunities. Visit LibertyCon.com and use code FTL for a $10 discount on your registration. Learn more at LibertyCon.com. Once upon a time, there was a small boy who had a small bag of cocaine. Oh, wait, no, that's not for this radio program. That's, a, that's another thing. Uh, that's the story of Little Toot. Uh, if you've never heard of it, it's a Dr. Demento special. Huh. Uh, and you can go Google that if you want to find out more about the story of Little Toot. This, however, is Free Talk Live. And our toll-free number here is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. Uh, with you tonight in the studio on this Monday edition, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. And I'm joined by... The nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. Yep, it's Ian Freeman here. We gotta get you like, uh, yeah. You now know, you've got two words, at some least. sort of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, like something to add on, like you know, the magnificent nah, Ian Freeman. Nah, okay. No, all right, yeah. all right. Uh, well, we're gonna. T- well, he's implicitly Ian, the Free Talk Live guy. So you know, I mean, admittedly, <laughs> you know, Ian. I've Freeman, always just been Ian on you know. the radio since my rock rock and roll yeah. DJ days. Did you have the long hair in the rock and roll DJ I did, days? yeah. Nice. One time. Nice. For a few years. I, uh, you know, because, you know, I'm bald now, but like, you know, growing up, I always wanted to have the long hair. And my parents were like, no, boys don't have long hair, right? And so I moved so out you, and I grew it did. long. Yeah. And then it didn't look very good anyway. Oh, and, then, well. and then one day I noticed the spot. You know what I mean? I'm like, no. oh, all right, time to shave it. Yep. And, yes. then, and then as soon as I shaved my head, all of a sudden I got more play than I ever got Amazing. at any other point in my life. So I spent all this time wanting to grow long, long hair so I could get the chicks. Right? <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Yeah, then, girls don't like long hair. And then, and then I shaved it all off, yeah. and all of a sudden I got my dream. I th- I don't know. I I don't think you can really say what what girls like and what girls don't like. Well, obviously, um, but the ones I've known it's have not liked all it. A uh, right, but of course you've only you've only lived one lifetime. Okay, I understand that. And and so for there there was a time when long hair got you laid. 
But that was in the 80s during the hair metal days. I grew up Mm -hmm. in that time. Okay. That was different. It's not now. But all of these things fall in and out of of fashion. And this is especially true, um, I think, for females because a lot of the thing that females consider when they when they consider how attractive a man is is how attractive do other women think he is well and i think that's actually probably an evolutionary response because if you thought that way your genes were more likely to survive more than one generation i have two things to say one the more hair you lose the more head you get and two (laughs) This conversation is receding, like my hairline. Uh, Before we go back to your calls and thoughts, I want to tell you about ForkFest 2020. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians with all different types of hairlines from June 29th until July 5th for ForkFest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. We'll be there. We will be there. I'll be there. Will you be there, nobody? I will be there. Nobody will also be there. So we'll be there. No, and I'll be in charge. Nobody will be there. And nobody will be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> because ForkFest happens the week after Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. Not nobody. No, no, no. no Jay's not doing it this year. It's me. <laughs> that also means there's no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping RV site or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 29th until July 5th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? You can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers, or you can create whatever experience or event you'd like others to have. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. That's ForkFest.party. Partay, P-A-R-T-Y, not A-Y, just so you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, we have Surf Daddy from Ventura, California calling. Surf Daddy, you're live on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. Hey, Pretty good. Um, hey, what's up with the callers lately? I, you know, I, I'm a longtime listener, and... Um, and I started, you know, I haven't been listening for a while, and I started listening again, and you got some mean people calling in. You know, just, <laughs> We've had some sickos today, know, man. Yeah, yeah, people I'm, who really I'm, believe I'm, that they can use violence to, uh, to change things and help people. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just mean in general. Like, a week or so ago, there's, like, supremacists calling in with just mean stuff. Just, you know, it's not good dialogue. But, um... Well, we're glad uh, yeah, you're here. So bring up the level then. Yeah. All right. No, I just I, I just call in because I was listening to the story with uh, China and the whole harvesting of of um, of organs and all that. Yeah, speaking uh, of mean people, right? <laughs> yeah, see, you know, it, it kind of boggles my mind in a way that um, why our country is so tied in, so tight to. What I view is the two of the worst countries on the planet um, being Saudi Arabia and China when it comes to their the way they treat their so-called citizens. Um, but, uh, you know, you made a statement, Ian, where you said, you know, the state is probably the worst religion of all. Um, 
and I, and I I agree with that. It's kind of a it's kind of a good save because I you know I called you about this a couple of years ago. It, at times, it sounds like you're an apologist for Islam in a way, or you don't hold them to the the same standard that you would say hold Christianity. That's to. not true at all. It, well, it, it's just the way it comes across. I you know I put I would I would make it like this. You know, there's Republicans and Democrats, they're in the same category as far as I'm concerned. And I know that's how you feel, but a lot of people would agree with that, but they'll say, yeah, but the Democrats are worse or the Republicans are worse. Well, I think they're both bad. But, right. And so, yeah, I'm just. I'm actually more familiar with Christianity. I was raised in a Christian family, but you don't see Christianity getting badmouthed that much in the United States in you know mainstream media for the most part. But you sure as hell hear it about uh, about Islam, and a lot of it's just junk. I mean, it's just false. Yeah, and the thing well, is, like, I'm I, not. I, I see it with Christianity. I'm, you know, I'm I'm raised Catholic, and you see it all the time. And I'm not going to say it's not true, but it's you know they're always talking about pedophilia and the Catholic Church and priests and all that, you know, well, throw some priests in jail. You know, to me, it, it might be more of a money grab than it is. But it, they, okay. I think they get equal bad press. That's what I see. And, uh, and, and duly so. Yeah, I mean, so. on, on the one hand, I mean, my position is that all of these religions are a terrible idea, but you have every right to believe whatever nonsense you want you want to believe so they're terrible ideas and i will fight to the death for your right to pursue your own chosen terrible idea um and that you know Does nobody's include, questioning the right of christians to be christians in america though in other countries then you know I would I would still be bad mouthing uh, in some other countries. I would still be bad mouthing all the all the religions, but I would be def- more defensive of of Christians than of Muslims because the because the majority there was was Muslim. So uh, and so it's it would be the it's always the minority whose rights are are trampled. Yeah, I mean, if somebody got on the air and yeah. started saying that Jesus advocated you know going around murdering people, I would say that's not my understanding of Jesus, and I would correct them on mm-hmm. my understanding of it. But you don't hear that kind of yeah. uh, misinformation mm-hmm. and uh, just well, straight up you, lying you in actually, the United States that much about Christianity. You actually kind of bring up a good point with that, Ian. Um, if you were going to compare. The Prophet Muhammad and Jesus Christ, there are two big differences. And I'm not advocating necessarily Christianity here, by the way. Um, But the the big, very fundamental difference is Muhammad was a conqueror. He used conquest to spread Islam, whereas Jesus Christ used... Mythology, sir. That's a myth. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Surf Daddy. We appreciate it. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. More of your calls and thoughts coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can call in and take control of the airwaves. Our number here is... 
855-450 free like freedom that's 855-450-3733 uh and with you tonight it's myself the captain nobody and it's ian and uh, we've been talking about well, a whole bunch of stuff uh, we left off on religion and i mean the caller was concerned that uh sometimes uh, some of the hosts here are a bit uh what did he say apologetic uh on the subject of uh, the muslim religion as opposed to uh you know the overall vibe he gets for other religions and i mean i don't know man um i find them all to be distasteful uh you're free to believe of course whatever you would like to believe uh, what my problem really comes in is when uh, your beliefs are forced upon other people or when those beliefs begin to do harm to other people. Yeah. Uh, and you see, that's why I uh, I formed my own church, uh, the first tenant of which is you don't get to force your will on others to make mm-hmm. it very that's- clear that that's what we oppose, not what we're not what we're about. That is beautiful, my brother. Uh, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, we- I'd just like to, before you do that, um, the reason I have the perspectives I have is because I've taken the time to actually do some level of study of, of this religion. When I went to jail for uh, civil disobedience for, what was a three-month sentence? I spent two months there. Right. Um, I, I read the Koran while I was in jail. There was a Muslim gentleman who was in the same cell block with me that uh, I did some studying with. And then further after that, uh, Will Coley came to Keene, New Hampshire, who is a Muslim imam. Right, I remember. Uh, he was an entertaining host here on the great show. Great host and very knowledgeable. And he was the kind of guy that you could bring up any of this you know, uh, mythology and about Muslims and about Muhammad, too. And he could correct all the misunderstandings that people have mm-hmm. about it. Now, that's just not to say that Mus- you know, Muhammad was this perfect man or anything like that. He's a man. You know, he wasn't perfect, but... A lot of the stuff that you hear about on Fox News or the talking heads saying in the United States about that religion is just not true. Yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, there's more to a religion, though, than what's, what it says in the, scrub, in, in the scriptures. Sure. And if you look at the practice of, of Islam, it definitely does involve, for example, cutting the heads off of gay people. Okay, uh, when they become Christians didn't like gay people either. The majority, exactly, still don't. and that's yeah. and and that's also true. And the the fact is, a lot of Christians in this country would very cheerfully do the same things. To, to gay people. There are parts, but there are there other... There was a lady uh, that uh, wanted to take back her vote for Pete Buttigieg when she found out that he was gay. Well, that's not the same as cutting his head off. Well, that's though. true. She um, can't get away with that. But gag? Right. Yeah. And, and Am I pronouncing that right? And I don't know. The thing is... Um, that's that's the point. So that is, that is also part of Christianity, although even though... Uh, although it depends on... Uh, whose definition of it you're taking in christianity you will find uh liberal and i mean liberal in the original sense of pro-liberty not Mm -hmm. american liberal uh you will find uh liberal practitioners and you will find 
um, ultra conservative, ultra uh, ultra conservative practitioners sure. will say yes, this should be forced because on they everybody interpret things at, differently, right? Exactly. In the same way that in in Islam, you can find the extremists who will cut heads off of people, right? And then you'll find people like Will Coley who will throw a dance party with some gay people, exactly. And so that's also part of the religion, though. A religion is more than the scriptures of the religion it's also how is this religion practiced and so just as we rightly uh criticize christianity for killing gays in the past mm-hmm. uh we sh- we should certainly be willing to to criticize Muslims or anybody else who does that. Absolutely. And um, I've, I've got plenty of critique for the Muslim religion. I just don't want to hear lies about it. Right, That's right. all. Yeah. Uh, let's go to your calls and your thoughts. Uh, we have uh, David in New Mexico speaking of gay Nazis. David, <laughs> what's going on? Word police, word police. It is The word is tenant, not tenant. The word is tenant, not tenant. How do you spell that? Who and, said uh, who said tenants? Nobody said it, so never mind. <laughs> no, oh, did I uh, did I mispronounce that? <laughs> Are Sorry. you saying T E N E T and not T E N A N T? That's what he said. That's correct, sir. So uh, correct, not, not sir. somebody who uh, who uh, rents, rents from you, but but uh, a a writing, right? A tenant. That, that is that that is correct, sir. And and I do I do appreciate your correcting me on uh, the. I'm actually not the word police. I am the word Nazi. Oh, really? Uh, but I'm not. Yeah, but I'm. But I'm not the gay word Nazi. Just the word Nazi. I'm the straight word Nazi. So, what if uh, you're reading a book written by a gay person? Are you no longer a, a Nazi about that? I would never read anything written by a gay person. Well, how do you know you haven't already? <laughs> really? Uh oh. Uh oh. I think you got me there. <laughs> I think you got. <laughs> Um, what was I calling about? I forgot already. Um, oh, the, something uh, about politicians, the, the, the maybe? Na- yeah, yeah, Nazis. Um, so this or is do I repeat funny. myself? The, <laughs> yes, the, you there do. you go. Being redundant. The the um, w- in New Mexico in the legislature, which is meeting right now. And remember, New Mexico is it has been listed by the uh, FBI in New Mexico as the most corrupt state in the nation. And so. Uh, y- I found this by oh, right because by certain, because DC is not a state, right? Okay, I got you. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, reporter kicked out of uh, committee meeting. KRQE reporter kicked out of committee meeting in Santa Fe, New Mexico legislature, and the uh, there there was a uh, news reporter rolling video. Uh, you know, the actual press press rolling video in a committee room like they do all the time, and uh, uh, when the uh, committee members. One a Democrat and one a Republican, so they're they're one is as, one side as guilty as the other. Notice they were being recorded, and this happened to be not just by a private citizen, but by the actual press for the news. They kicked them out of the committee room. Hmm. Uh, presumably, they, they were hide they were hiding something. They were talking about some nuclear stuff, some toxic waste stuff, mm-hmm. and they didn't want it. It, it suspected that they didn't uh, want. Uh, some things to be uh, edited in a way that might be unfavorable to them, so they just kicked the press completely out of the out of the uh, government meeting. And um, so wait, wait, so wait, some... wait, wait. So there was uh, official press in the courtroom, in the committee room. Committee, in the committee room. room. Okay, so who kicked them out? Bailiffs. 
No, the, the, the you're actually elect, elected. They a, a, a senator, a couple senators, one a Republican and one a one a Democrat, and they kicked them out of the room. And uh, this is a you can find this in many different sources, but it's it did might they be physically fun to move the, him? No, well, they didn't have to. They they told them with their words, "Get the hell out of here!" And the and the Rachel Knapp reporter got the hell out of there, and That's then uh, made us think about it afterwards. And it looks like there might be some lawsuits. But it's in, it's interesting to read that uh, it's K, I'm reading it in KUNM dot org, which happens to be the radio station that uh, obstructed my access to their to their proceedings and in their venue. And they're they're complaining that they not only got or that this reporter got kicked out of this committee meeting, but also that their own KUNM reporter got kicked out of another public meeting that there is described in the uh, KUNM dot org uh, uh, account of this uh, this incident. So that's kind of fun. But uh, welcome to New Mexico, the most corrupt state in the nation, according to the FBI. The land of entrapment. Isn't yeah. that their motto? Yeah. Of course, the exactly, FBI yeah. being one of the most corrupt law enforcement agencies <laughs> in the nation. Well, it so takes one to know one. to take that yeah. with a grain of salt. We have pot and pot and kettle going on here, yes. Yes. Pot and kettle. Thanks for the call. So. I appreciate it, man. Yep. Have a good one. Um yeah, man, there's just so much that it's, you know, tough to be peppy at times, you know, uh, the the attitude suffers a you little bit. You mean the frog? Uh, <laughs> Pepe. You're looking a little green over Pepe. there, buddy. Pepe. It's not easy being green. <laughs> Isn't he a French French frog? Pepe? Pepe. Uh, uh, it sounds like a French Doesn't name. he wear the little beret and smoke the little cigarettes, you know what I mean, out of the uh, the cigarette holder deal? Does he? Well, well you, you be careful out there because, you know, they're putting chemicals in the water. They're turning all the, the frogs, frogs gay. gay. <laughs> Boiling frogs. Gay frog. Well, that's about all for our show tonight. Thanks to all of our callers and all of our listeners for tuning in. You can get our archives at freetalklive.com. Uh, you're always free to join our Discord chat at discord.lrn.fm. Uh, we have a gang of listeners that are almost always on at all times for you to join in the fun. So thanks again, freetalklive.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of liquor Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved liquor Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try liquor Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.